Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie, how are you this morning? I'm so good. I'm so good. What is making you so good this morning? Oh, you know what? You know what? As much as I don't like the cold, as we discussed yesterday, when you wake up when it's cold, there's none of this like slow wake up. It's like immediate wake up, like ooh, Instant, like, instantly you're awake. Just, I'm alive, like I'm cold, <laughs> and I can get up and do that little like dance while I'm getting dressed. Or you're like, okay, need another jersey. Like, yeah, I love it. Well, I do. I love My new it. house has timber floors rather than carpet floors. Mm. They're kind of they're not as cold as tiles. There's nothing they're, nothing is as cold as tile. <laughs> but they're cold. But when your feet hit the floor when you mm. jump out of bed, it's like, ooh, yeah, I know I'm alive right now. <laughs> That's it. Just instant wake up. Brilliant. Cool. Um, just as, well, you could do the same in summer, just jump in a cold shower. You know what I do? Yep. Yeah. I think in summer, I don't think I ever have really hot showers. Nah, yeah, it's no, true. No, it's just not... I used to have a pool. I miss my pool. Well, oh, I'm, yeah. going to, I'm going to miss my pool. I can, <laughs> I can get up in summertime and jump in the pool and that would say. An instant wake up right there. Okay, so let me think. What am I thankful for this morning? You know what? I'm, th- I'm thankful that uh, I'm thankful that Minnie is on the radio. Yay! Um, it's, well played, um, well played. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I'll take it. Yes, yesterday I was glad that we're back on end. Today I'm mm. glad that Minnie is here with us um, so that we can be back on air. It is always good to... Have uh, somebody sitting in the other seats that I'm not talking to myself? True. Always a nice thing. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> so we do thank you for travelling. Um, you've got, what, like a 40-minute drive or something rather to get Oh, you? like 30. 30 it's minutes. Good, yeah. That's not bad. Nah. It's not, not, much, it's <laughs> not, much, further, not much further than what I'm travelling. Nah. <laughs> That's quite a reasonable commute. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Positively different news. What is what is positively happening in our world today? Well, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, coronavirus, a lot of people have been locked in at home, just around yes. the world. And so, I found a couple of really cool stories. So, one is this eight-year-old girl. Her name is Tallulah um, in Manchester in the UK. She was stuck at home um, while they weren't allowed to go back to school. And she just got to know their local delivery man. And her local delivery man, Tim, is deaf. And so she just wrote him a note, you know, at the beginning, you know, she's starting to see him a bit, just saying, thank you, drew him a picture. He kept it in his truck every day. She started to learn sign language so she could communicate with him. And I just think that's the coolest thing. So she's eight years old. She's eight years old. Learning sign language. Has decided she's, and specifically to communicate with him. And he said he was very surprised, but just, you know, he was really just touched that this little girl was like, oh, you know. And then the mum, she's like, oh, I'm just a proud mama, you know. And so she put up the video, which is What's just come up recently. And so, yeah, they've just developed their nice little friendship, which I think is really cool. Um, And then there's this other cool story in Toronto, Canada, not just down the road from us. So not Toronto in the Newcastle, uh, Lake Macquarie region, (laughs) uh, but um, Canada. Canada, yes. Yes. and The big big Toronto. The big Toronto. This this lady, um, Erin, lost her job as a chef because things were locking down. And so she said she had a moment of self-pity but didn't want to go into the pit of despair. So she decided that she was going to start baking. And so in her home kitchen, she has for months um, been cooking up to 40 loaves a day um, and just taking them around to people. She said she's been a single mum. She knows what it's like to 
um, kind of struggled through through some things. She said she wasn't a baker. So this was something totally new for her. She was a cook but not a baker. Cook but not a baker. Okay. Um, yeah, and so just... Is there a difference? Well, I guess there is. There must be. <laughs> I mean, you're cooking bread, right? You're cooking bread. But okay, okay. so I've, I think I've just offended all the cooks and the bakers out there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a cook or a baker, feel free to give, give me a call and give me a hard time and, and explain to uh, ignorant people such as myself the difference the between difference. A, cook a, a cook and a baker. Aren't you, isn't a baker just cooking bread? Yeah. And when you put potatoes in the oven to bake them, <laughs> isn't that what a cook does? Yeah, but I, I feel that chefs probably have... Like, they're better with the flavours of things. Okay, so here's what it is. Here, mm. I think I figured it out. Okay. So a chef is going to work in a restaurant and a baker is going to work in a bakery. <laughs> no. See, 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 the light bulb moment just came on. There we on. go, guys. We've got it done. Genius here. Just genius, genius on my part. No, amazing. But isn't a bakery just another kind of restaurant where you eat baked goods rather than... You know, because some bakeries they have like little table and stuff, and you can. Yeah, you don't cook at all, do you? No, because <laughs> no, I like I am not much of a cook, but I have made some terrible, terrible dough-based things before. So I do think there's more of a trick to what you're cooking and the flavors that you use, and the you know just the bread. I don't know. Look, I'm not a cook, but I'm just like, mm, I feel like there is a difference. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she's just made all these loaves of love, um, puts a little love heart in them, carves out. She just thinks everyone can use a bit of love in it. Um, and just, yeah, community got on board to like help her out with some finances. They did a GoFundMe thing. Um, and I just think that's a really cool way that is of... That's a great way. Yeah. And she, she now wants to keep it going, um, you know, even just mentor some staff and, and just help in the community. And I just think it's cool that she just went, what's her need? How can I feel it? Do I, you know, does she have the skills? Maybe she felt like she did. Maybe she felt like she didn't, but... Just I'm just thinking it. about the logistics of baking 40 loaves a That's day so much flour. in a standard mm. kitchen oven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so how many loaves can you put in a standard, like maybe six loaves in a standard kitchen oven? Mm, yeah, let's go with confidence on that. Yes, six sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then 40 loaves, you, you've been busy. That's a lot. Because they don't cook in 10 minutes. That's significant. That, at, she, she's been working. She's and been at the start, she hours. was also delivering it too. So that's cooking and delivery every day. And that's just to make people happy. Mm. She's not even charging the money for it. Nah. She didn't start it as a business. She's just started as a way, way to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I like it. Praise God. <laughs> God is good. That's some positive news right there. Yeah. yeah. What else is happening? What else is happening in the world? Um... I'm just going to my other story. I've this amazing story. And I was like, okay. I'm going to tell you guys I'll, about I'll that. Tell you this, I'll tell you this, um, this is this amazing invention. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just going to share it with you. Are you going to tell me Google? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's one of these right here. <gasps> notepad. It's, it's called a notepad. And on that, you can write down your story That's so that you true. don't forget what your, what your next true. positively different story is. Okay. That's so true. here's my question. Yes. The Dalai Lama. Okay. Is he 85 or is he 86? Well, I don't know. How do we know? <laughs> okay, so some people say he's 85 and some people say he's 86. Okay. Because Tibetans calculate your age not from your birth date but from your conception date. Oh, interesting. So I'm wondering then whether I'm 48 <laughs> or 49. Oh. And, and is this valid? Is it is it actually valid that we cal- calculate from the conception date? I mean, you're not really going to know the conception date a lot no. of the time, but you can sort of take a stab in the dark at it, yeah. you know, work backwards by nine months and, then, and go, yeah, yeah I'm going to pick <laughs> that then, date. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool because then you could actually pick what date you wanted within a range. <laughs> 
Yeah, the doctor yeah. could give you a range, you know, somewhere between here and here, and you could go and pick your, your own favourite date. Decide what makes you happy. That's true. But does it change anything in your life? See, no. you, you, you pick your own nickname every now and then, so maybe you should <laughs> pick yourself a new birthday. <laughs> Do you know what I used to? I used to tell my birthday was people my birthday was in April. It's not. It's in October. And for years, I had people messaging me in April going, happy birthday. <laughs> I was like, thanks. I just hated people knowing. And I just figured if I gave them a fake one, then it just got them off my back. It didn't. Uh, only, meant- only, only Minnie would do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. That's just epic. <laughs> so uh, October, how many months? Does that, does that even work out? I think it's like six months. It's okay, like half, so, half so you're pretty much premature then. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna pick it as your um, conception, I think it's actually valid because you have been alive that long. Yeah. Well, you know how it actually starts. When I was a kid, one of my brother's birthdays was in April, and of course, someone else is getting you know birthday presents. Things so you're like, well, that's my half birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you know how kids would just try to spin it anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> And so, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> so when, you, when you're six, it's not like I'm six. It's like I'm six and a half. Oh, yeah. The half is important. It's super important oh. when you're six. When you talk to a kid and you get it wrong. Oh, you're and like, a oh, month I'm out sorry. from their birthday, I'm nearly seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to my age and it's like, oh, yeah, I can't remember how old I am. <laughs> it's like birthdays? What are birthdays? <laughs> Don't want to think about those kind of things. Funny how, how times change as, uh, as, as, as age progresses. But, uh, yeah, so the Dalai Lama just had his 85th or possibly his 86th birthday, Mm. depending on how you want to calculate that particular age. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Well, joining us in the studio this morning is Dr. Sven Erstring. Dr. Sven, how are you this morning? I'm very good. It's good to be back here in the studio. Fantastic. It is good to be back in the studio. We... uh, have a little bit of a relaxation of COVID rules so that we can uh, uh, fit you in here this morning. And we still got the social distancing. We're still yes, we are. Still four, meters four, four square meter rule, all that yes. kind of thing. Um, but super excited about today's subject topic. We're going to be talking about artificial intelligence. Oh, now yes. fun. I love technology, <laughs> and I love what human beings can do. Um, artificial intelligence. Let's talk about the ethics of artificial intelligence. Mm. Well, first of all, it's really good to be able to understand what is artificial intelligence. Yes. So, you know, we, we see those um, those films and, and um, YouTube videos of those little cute little robots in Japan and and, um, and Korea running around sort of dishing you up some bubble tea or whatever. But that's not necessary. That, that's just a really fancy kind of machine. Artificial intelligence um, is effectively a computer program uh, which is kind of learning your behaviors and mm. trying to predict where you might go. So, so it, it takes all of this data which is coming in, uh, analyzes these patterns, and then starts to say, okay, well, where, where might you want to, to go kind of in the future? So, for, for example, if you go onto Amazon or YouTube, what you'll find is after a while, a, a similar kind of, of video keeps cropping up. And it's because these, the algorithms at the mm. back of YouTube and Amazon are actually tracking your patterns with everyone else's patterns. So if you happen to like crazy mountain biking, and uh, like my son does, and uh, pilot, you know, uh, flying uh, aircraft, then after a while you'll find that these things just pop up all the time because they're learning about, about you. 
which is which is kind of cool in some ways. It's it's kind of a little disturbing at the same time, but that's that's the concept of artificial intelligence. Okay, so basically, this is one of the reasons why our social media turns into an echo box, where mm. really all we ever hear on social media is our own voice speaking back to us. That's right. That's right. But the 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 issue is, of course, I mean that sounds quite nice. Uh, but what happens if this AI starts to guide us based on our natural inclinations mm. down some pretty uh, kind of nasty kind of tracks? For example, they, they have identified that some of the YouTube algorithms actually uh, head people towards extremism, racism. Um, and that's getting starting to get really worrying. Uh, so, but it's, of course, it's not... And then you've got the issue of censorship that comes in. Yes, because it's like okay, we've got to we've got to have censorship against these kind of things. But then, how far do you take censorship before it becomes a restriction mm. on freedom of speech? Yes, yes, definitely. Fun times that we live in. <laughs> yes, but you know they, these these AI um, you know artificial intelligence algorithms are being embedded in robots. That's that's certainly true. But you know, there's a whole lot of things. For example, they're starting to use them for job interviews. Oh, so so. Uh, you know, 50 years ago, you would go into a boardroom and you'd be sitting there um, and you'd have the HR person, you'd have the, the CEO, the president, and they'd be sitting down and, and they'd be using all of their own intelligence to try and figure out um, if you're the person for the role. Whereas now what they can do is they can have all of these cameras and the cameras are actually watching everything you say, all of your movements, all of those kind of things. And they will start to predict whether you're the best person for the role, uh, which, which sounds all very great. But what happens when the artificial intelligence starts to guide mm. a company or the choices in the wrong way? And they've actually identified that uh, some um, artificial intelligence actually can become gender biased in a particular way, um, which, is, which is really fascinating. But, you know, the, the thing, I guess, in some ways where artificial intelligence becomes very, very challenging, um, I'd say a good example would be China. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, my mind is still back on I know, gender I'm bias from artificial <laughs> intelligence because I would have thought that artificial intelligence would have been used to eliminate that. Because, I mean, we all have, we all have biases. It's one of, as part of being a human yes. being is that we are full of biases, whether they're gender biases or whatever other kind of biases there. You can't avoid bias. And yes. I was thinking, okay, surely artificial intelligence can do that, out. but mm. have we created something that mirrors ourselves? Well, th that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the, the challenge is if our database is primarily male or primarily female, mm. then, then the, the artificial intelligence will start to track along the database and if you get, say, a male coming in or a female coming in, which is anomaly, then the algorithm may reject you uh, because you're different from the norm um, of what they would say would work for this role. And, and suddenly we're getting this, this bias coming through, if that That's makes sense. It does. It does. It's like we have, we have made a, a copy of ourselves. Indeed. <laughs> but, but, you know, the, the, the more challenging thing would be this. So let's go to China. Uh, China has cameras everywhere, uh, as does England, as does everywhere else. But what they're starting to do is they're starting to, they will give you a, a set of points. Well, you have like social credit, hey? Social credit. Oh, that's right. So they'll be watching what Oof. you buy, what you go online, and all of those kind of things. And if you're not doing what they deem as culturally acceptable, according to their rules, 
you'll start to lose credit. Mm. So you'll actually go to use your credit card, you'll go to the train station and they will say, no, sorry, you can't get on the train. You can't buy this thing. Why? Because you've lost credit. You, you are a person which is deemed to be not functioning like the government would want to do. And, and the incredible thing is this, is that we might look at China and go like, wow, this is really, really terrible. But the fact is, all of the technology is actually in existence in the West. Mm. It's just not being implemented. It's just not being actually put together to actually work in, in that way. And so these are some of the incredible things. And of course, the, one of the biggest things would be, you know, where you've got these robotic um, uh, machines, weapons, that if they are taught to learn, they could actually start to make decisions in terms of war, in terms of, of, oh, yeah. of killing, um, that they could start to decide whether they want to actually focus on taking you out, for example. You so know. this is basically the whole, you know, the movies where the robots take over the world. That's right, this yes. This is like a not completely ridiculous fear then. Is that what you're saying? Like, Well, <laughs> well the thing is we're getting a long, long way there. And yeah. that, that, is the, that is the fear. Mm. That is the fear. And so we need to ask, you know, in terms of this world in which AI is starting to control, almost control our reality like that Echo Box idea, mm. um, you know, should, should we be concerned? Now, the AI experts, the people who are actually developing AI, uh, they're actually concerned that they're worried where it will go. Because if um, computers and robots can actually learn and start to take their own kind of destiny in their, in their own hands, we may be in very big trouble. But the, this is a very important thing, is that there's, there's a few areas where AI, artificial intelligence, has just not been able to break through. And in particular, it's in the area of consciousness. Mm. The, um, so in, in many ways, uh, AI, they're, they're brilliant computationally. But the question is, are they actually conscious? Are they actually conscious um, entities? And that is a fundamental difference between you and I. And the other thing is the AI experts themselves uh, tend to be evolutionary scientists. So they are thinking that we evolved and that, that if we have this power and we give this power to other, other entities, AI and robots, that they may become superhuman, transhuman. Um, but the fact is the Bible actually tells us no, the, the reality is there is a superintelligence out there, and that is God himself. Mm. We don't need to wait for it to, to, to appear. The superintelligence actually already exists. There is transhumanism in, in the sense that, you know, God exists. And not only in that reality, but also the fact is that God became human. You know, the, the, the God of the universe entered into this world and, and became uh, human so that we could become children of God, which is absolutely amazing. And, and we need to, to remember that, that all of the things that we see in the Bible in terms of uh, God creating this world, and also not only that, the whole Genesis account tells us a story of where the human beings that God created became autonomous. They, uh, God gave them freedom of choice, and they started to move and, and start to make their own decisions. And the interesting thing is that AI is actually, they're really concerned that the robots will become free. 
that they will start to make their own moral decisions. But we need to remember uh, that what we see in the Bible is a, is a, a narrative, a, a picture where God is the one who actually gives us intelligence, gives us, uh, gives us consciousness as well. And, and we can trust that he is ultimately in control. So here's an interesting question that comes to my mind. If we as human beings can create a machine that has a level of intelligence, does not that then indicate that intelligence itself at one point was created? Oh. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a very important um, point. And the thing is that the analogies of what we, what we see in artificial intelligence and the, the parallels with the Bible are huge. So, so, so we see this, um, these created things becoming autonomous and, and the results of that. But we also, it brings us also to Revelation itself as well, where, where we see this incredible global system starting to take control of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Revelation 13, where, where control is, is taken away from us. We can't buy or sell, all of those kind of things. But the, the brilliant... Um, messages that God will step into that that world. He will mm. bring about a, a transformation in you and I, um, which is absolutely amazing. And and you know when I look at artificial intelligence, you know having an engineering background, I see that that what we have as human beings is the gift of consciousness of life, of moral awareness, all of those kind of things, which creates and, love. Mm. Which I was going to say love. relationship. That's a big key thing that the artificial intelligence, what you're talking about, the consciousness, yes. consciousness just won't have. Yes. Because like, how do you program that? Yes. Like what does that mm. Yeah. And so I would, I would encourage each one of us to go back to the Bible and, and read the creation account, the creation story. Uh, read it as a story um, because it will speak powerfully to mm. you. And, and but also then go to the end of the Bible uh, in Revelation, where where God transforms this world. So we don't need to to wait for artificial intelligence to to make us superhuman. Mm. Um, we can actually have that transformation right now uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can become sons and daughters of God. It's absolutely amazing. It is. It That's is. Awesome. And particularly when you look at you know the. As you say, the, the context of the world in which we live right now, where there are so many forces out there, you know, and this is just one of many, mm. where you can see the potential for the fulfillment of Revelation chapter 13. Yes. Um, you know, the mark of the beast and, you know, global enforcement of worship, all of these kind of things, you know, even with this, the, the way the COVID crisis that we have right now is being used. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the speed with which it's um, being yeah. implemented. Uh, yeah, and I've just got somebody texting through right now just in relationship to that. Um, and so, you know, AI is, is just another one of the components of that whole scenario. One of the other things I find interesting about AI, I mean, the, the key thing that I see coming out of this conversation right here is that AI can't, can, can't create love. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it can learn, it can do this, it can do that, and it can do the other, but something that is programmed can't love love is a gift that we get from god by giving that you know that complete total power of choice it's just absolutely yeah Mm. fantastic stuff uh dr sven erstring thank you for joining us this morning to talk about artificial intelligence we Mm. always enjoy the uh the concepts that you come up with to discuss here on the breakfast show 
and we look forward to uh, next month uh, where we take up another exciting subject uh, looking at things that are taking place in our real, real world. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Now it's come time for question of the day. Before we go there, question of the day. Now our question of the day today relates to the four living creatures of Revelation chapter 4. So let's head over to Revelation chapter 4, and we find here uh, in verse 6, the Bible says, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the middle of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts. That's the old KJV version of saying living creatures. Mm. So four living creatures uh, full of eyes before and behind. The first was like a lion, the second a calf, the third like a man, and the fourth was like a flying angel. And they each had six wings, and they uh, rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And so you've got these four living creatures here that surround the throne of God. Okay, so this is an interesting question. Who are these living creatures? Let's, let's begin. We have the face of a man. We have the face of an eagle, the face of an ox, and uh, the face of a... Well, which one have I missed here? Eagle, man, ox, and lion. lion. Okay, so we've got those four living creatures. If you go over to Ezekiel, we're going to do a quick study here. We may even take this up and do part two tomorrow. Let's see how we go. Love Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter one, which Minnie has been reading for her devotions. My recently. favorite book. I love Ezekiel so much. Okay, so we've got Ezekiel chapter one. Where is Ezekiel gone in my Bible? Here it is. Getting there, getting there, getting there. Okay, let's uh, read verse 1. Ezekiel 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now it came to pass in the 13th year of the month, in the fifth day of the month, I was among the captives by the river of Cheba. Whereabouts was Ezekiel? Cheba. By the river of Cheba, go down to verse 5. He has a vision. And out of the midst came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, and they had four faces, and verse 10, and for the likeness of their faces, they had the face of a man, the face of a lion, uh, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. Now, I'm skipping through this very, very quickly. I want you to see the parallels mm. between Revelation chapter 4 and Ezekiel chapter 1. Now, many of you are going to go, hey, but there's a whole bunch of stuff here that is, you know, that are not parallels because, you know, Ezekiel gives so much more detail. Well, in Revelation 4, you have a description of the throne room of God in three verses. In Ezekiel 1, you have a description of the throne room of God in one whole chapter. <laughs> so you're going to expect to have a lot more detail here. But the essential thing is that both of these prophets are seeing a vision of the throne room of God. And when they see the vision of the throne room of God, they see these four living creatures. Okay, what are these four living creatures? If we go over to chapter 10, uh, Ezekiel chapter 10, and let's see, Ooh, where are we? Verse 20, the Bible says, This is the living creature that I saw under the God of Israel by the river of Cheba. So now he's referring back to those living creatures that he saw under the God of Israel by the river of Cheba, and I knew that they were Cherubim. Mm. 
So if you ever wondered what a cherubim looks like, no, it doesn't look like a baby with wings that you see carved on the outside of a cathedral. It looks like these four living creatures right here. And when you read Ezekiel and John's description, you can see that they are very clearly struggling to describe in human terms what they are actually seeing. Now, the Bible says that they are cherubim. In the sanctuary on earth, which apartment symbolizes the throne room of God? It's the most holy most place, holy right? Place, yeah. How many cherubim were in the most holy place? Two. How many cherubim were in the most holy place built by Solomon? Aha. Oh. There was four. And we're going to come back and pick that up in more detail again tomorrow. So hold on to that thought and we will be back to talk more about it.